HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by greatbrewers.com, a social media marketing platform dedicated to promoting the world's great brewers and the beers they create. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's February 5th, 2013. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. Thanks to the Beer Amigos on Long Island for that awesome intro anthem. That's really cool. Hey, guess what? It's our 150th episode. That means we've been doing this every week almost for three years. And we're, we've got some really cool guests that represent what's going on in the New York City beer scene. First of all, yeah, baby! <laughs> Three years. I love this place. I love coming out to Roberta's in Bushwick. I love the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm a member. You can be a member, too. Go to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. We love our sponsor, GreatBrewers.com. Three years with you guys. Thank you, babies. We love your beer, and we love what you guys do for beer. Go to GreatBrewers.com. Learn more about beer. Take the Great Brewers Test 100. If you score 70 or higher, you will have beaten me. Guys, I got John Kleinchester, one of my hey. favorite beer personalities. He's got this thing, hashtag beertography, if you're on Twitter. <laughs> take yes. a picture of the beer you're drinking, and you can be in a beer community with how many people check out hashtag beertography? Uh, a lot, and I'm finding more every day that uh, I don't even follow on Twitter, so it's great. Like I think it's exploded past my reign, so it's like it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's really cool. You know, it's like I first I always did it, but it was, it was Hurricane Sandy, and I was like, I mean, I'm, I'm spoiled. I got to hang out in a, in a bar in the East Village with draft beer and all these cool bottles. And I was home in Hurricane Sandy, and just me and that poor bottle of Sierra Nevada Torpedo or Lagunita something. And I just said, I'm going to take a picture and send it to hashtag photography on Twitter so I can like you know hang out with my peers around the world. And it was it's, cool. It's a virtual hangout, and that's what makes it so much fun. Yeah, now I do it all the time. You know, it's it's always better for drinking alone. You know, it makes you feel like you're not drinking alone because other people will say, "Hey, that's cool." Look, cool photo but yeah <laughs> how did you start that i mean we've talked about it before yeah. but it's pretty awesome uh it just started because i was taking pictures of my own beer collection whatever i was buying and uh uh eventually i just started putting the pictures on a website beertography.com and then from there it just sort of uh, evolved from there and uh i started writing more about beer and uh that's pretty much it 
You know, there was one woman from Texas who posted, and then it was like every three posts she was posting like a Bible verse. So I didn't know if she was really posting for beer or she was just trying to suck you in. I don't know. <laughs> but that's Twitter. And then the, the new cool things from New York City. We've got Jason Seiler and Kyler. You guys got to say your names. Come on. Yeah. Jason Sailor And Kyler Surface. Sailor and Surface from... The Kings County Brewers Collective. Correct, yes. So this is like the coolest thing going on. There's a great homebrew scene. You know, the West Coast has these different breweries, but I think New York City has one of the best homebrew scenes in, in America. You know, the homebrew alley from five years ago with 100 entries, which is uh, now is over 800 entries this year. Mm-hmm. It's amazing the number of people in the New York area who are, are making homebrews. And you guys have been in the circle a long time. You, you've been part of Josh Josh Bernstein's homebrew tours, our buddy mm-hmm. Josh. Mm-hmm. Um First, let's just start. I'm, I'm going to interview you guys because you guys are really awesome. And uh, how did you guys start making beer? Yeah. Go ahead. It's a uh, you know, it's been a number of years. It's been about eight years going on that I've been uh, home brewing, um, and it just came like doing kits with you know my brother and friends a long time ago, and then uh, eventually it was uh, you know coming to New York City. There was a lot of uh, you know there wasn't much space. It was kind of trying to figure out how to brew in such a small space. And um, luckily, um, my wife ended up giving me a, you know, little one-gallon beer uh, beer kit, uh, one of those little Brooklyn homebrew or uh, Brooklyn brew shop kits that, uh, you know, as a, a wedding present, and it just really grew from there. Like, it was, a, you know, coming back into it and, like, really exploring, and then I just... I've been brewing ever since. It has been brewing like you know weekly. I'll give you guys some beer facts. Um, you know, New York City Beer Week's coming up, so I've been doing some research, and I went to the Brewer, Brewers Association site, and you know, there's more breweries than ever, craft breweries than ever in America. Most of them actually are either brew pubs or microbreweries or in that subset, nano breweries. So it's kind of like I people say, oh, there's no there's no more room for craft beer to grow. It's like not at all. I, I think there's just last week I did a tour of of four small breweries in New York City. I went out to Maspeth, Queens. I visited Bridge and Tunnel, mm-hmm. which is brand new. Mm-hmm. I was in Long Island City with Rockaway Brewing, which is fairly new. I was at Five Weight Gastro Pub with our good friend Chris Kuzme. Mm-hmm. And I was at uh, Beercraft checking out uh, their works because they're going to be a licensed brewery soon, too. And these are all small places. I feel like, I feel like that, you know, sometimes I'm frustrated. It's like, wow, there's a lot of beer, and, and it's not always that good except for the really good stuff. But I feel like you, you guys are kind of taking control. It's like, well, then let's make a small brewery and, and, and make really good beer, right? Is that, yeah. I mean, is that kind of what's, what, what's behind your philosophy? Yeah, I think so. I, uh, I think um, there is definitely room for, for some growth and for some new interesting ideas. I think uh, both Jason and I and, and John have been on the kind of the homebrew circuit for a while now and, and realized that it, it, it really is just taking the idea and putting it into, into action, into doing like w- what you love. And there, you're, if you have, there's the niche for it you know, out there, especially I think New York City is, is primed to still have have some room for growth there's you know there's tons of people here as you know and all of them starting to want to drink more and more craft beer and i think us as homebrewers we were just like you know this is what we love to do we have to start brewing you know professionally we have to do it on a commercial scale and uh i think that's where um most so i think when you start homebrewing i think if you're really serious about it like i i've only been homebrewing for probably three years but I dove in kind of head first. I made a really bad batch of beer, and then I couldn't <laughs> couldn't take it. I was like, I have to make a better 
batch of beer, you know, and then started moving to all grain and stuff and just took off from there. Got a job at Brooklyn Homebrew. And uh, now I'm here trying to, you know, go pro or, or whatever you so you can, But you're still the future. It's like, you know, you want to have good beer and you, and you can make it better yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the things you're talking about is the, the size of the brewery or the amount of breweries in this city. I mean, you look at Brooklyn alone, it's like, what, two and a half million people? And there's three breweries in this, this borough. If you look at like a city like Portland or San Diego, there's 30 or so within the brewery limits mm-hmm. or within the city limits. And, you know, there's what, I think half a million or so people in Portland, a million people or so in San Diego. I mean, there's plenty of people. I mean, you could open up tons of small little breweries all over the place in every bur- like every neighborhood in, mm-hmm. in Brooklyn. It would, you know, I think there's a possibility. There's lots of possibilities in the city. People love local, and uh, the more breweries there are, the better for all of us, I think. Uh, as long as everybody's making good beer, by all means, why Definitely. not? And I just I always think of uh, Garrett Oliver's quote, uh, which I love. <clears throat> uh, he said that craft beer is not a trend, it's a return to normalcy. And that <laughs> I'll never forget that, because that's just such a cool... And it really describes you know, homebrewers coming up and mm-hmm. making breweries that are awesome. Yeah, I mean, alone for like for for us at Jimmy's number forty three for New York City Beer Week. I mean, we're gonna have in one week we're gonna have a small brewers dinner with guys Port Jeff on Long Island, mm-hmm. Single Cut Beer Smith, Five Away Gastro Brewery. Um, who else? Gosh, Rockaway and uh, Horseheads, which is from Finger Lakes. Never heard of half of them. They're coming in. And then uh, Wednesday we've got Rockaway is going to release a new beer, a Scotch Ale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursday we've got. Uh, Rich from Bridge and Tunnel in Massbeth, Queens, coming in with two beers. And Saturday, we've got Kelso, you know, with some rare beers. And, and that's just like one little thing, you know. It's, it's kind of amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm so psyched. Let's raise our glasses because, uh, yeah. I mean, it's cool. I, I want to talk about New York City Beer Week, too, because it, it is a really important part of New York City beer scene. And it's morphed, you know. It's a, there's finally the New York City Brewers Guild. And as you guys become, you know, commercial, you can join that. And, you know, just a few years ago, what, there are only like maybe five breweries in, in New York City. And there's going to be over 13 soon. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, is, is that whole movement, you guys are excited about that, right? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, <clears throat> we're we're really excited about it. So we we didn't mention it, but we're trying to. Our concept here is to Jason and I and a few other guys is to kind of start a, a brewers collective, Kings County Brewers Collective, and our goal is to kind of have a, a few different brands under one umbrella, basically brewing in the same brew house, but you know with you know brainstorming together on what what cool beers to do or what seasonal beers to do together, and then still have our our core flagship brands um to hopefully in a way kind of incubate our brands and possibly branch out in the future but our goal to start off with is to you know make the beer scene better um by just having more diversity you know trying some really weird beers that you might that a commercial in a commercial setting you know aren't feasible you know there's very few breweries that want to do 100 percent brett beer um for risk of contamination for risk of you know loss of respect to their brewery if, if people don't understand it, you know, but we can kind of, hopefully the goal is we can get away with that uh, in our in our collective space that we're trying to, to create. Yeah, I mean, really one of the, the ideas of the collective is to act as a place that, you know, we can, sh- I mean, it's, you know, five homebrewers that want to take the next step. You know, we don't have the financial backing, you know, a lot of other people do. So, it, it you know, it's really us trying to, get a kind of a groundswell and trying to, uh, uh, you know, um, you know, do that from 
from our own pockets and really just start this thing uh, that that can really you know we can share in the not only in the risks and the the financial responsibilities of starting a brewery, but something where we can also share in the knowledge base, in the technical, um, you know, knowledge and the professional, and also the creative aspects of each of us brewers working together and like trying to create a, a you know, a unique atmosphere for us to work in. Um, but they can also branch out and do things for the the community in terms of teaching people about beer and um, you know doing. Uh, certain types of like um, clubs where you know it's like a kind of like a mug club or a community supported brewery. Um, also doing um, different classes and things where we can really you know showcase what uh, beer is about or craft beer is about. Are you guys um, so? Then you're going to have your own facility, right? Not not yes. contracting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, definitely, awesome. definitely. I mean, it's really kind of you know we've all because we're all all five of us have kind of looked at you know, the different aspects of what it would take to start a, a brewery. And some of us thought about, you know, contract or, you know, partnership brewing or starting, you know, a completely small nano. Um, so it's, it, there's been a lot of different ideas and, you know, this allows us to work together. Um, it's not the smallest nano. It's still going to be a small brewery because there's, you know, it's still really expensive, but it allows us to to do it at this you know level together you know and really kind of work together and create this this great brewery destination where people can come and try the beers and learn about the beers and learn just about beer in general so. awesome idea cool. it's an awesome idea <laughs> yeah and so and car you have been teaching beer classes mm-hmm. at brooklyn homebrew right yeah that's correct i uh that's what I've been doing recently, um, teaching a beginner and all-grain classes. I'm going to probably pass the torch soon uh, to a, a new teacher, but we're going to we're trying to revamp the whole curriculum. Um, we've had a yeast class that is like just crazy popular, and I think they're trying to work that in a little bit more because people really want to learn about that. Um, I'm going to be teaching an IPA class, I think, coming up, and we're, we're looking to do some, some really interesting new things. Um, at, at Brooklyn Homebrew and teach some, uh, get some more knowledge out there rather than just the basic brewing process. So, what are some of the other really good places for people to learn about beer in Brooklyn? I mean, Brooklyn Homebrew is great. Definitely. Um, is, is that really the epicenter? Or do you think the homebrew? What are, the, what are some of the good homebrew clubs out in Brooklyn? Uh, homebrew clubs, I want to shout out uh, definitely Brooklyn Bruisers. That's my that's my crew. It's my club. <laughs> um, we meet at Browery uh, Lane, Brewery Lane. Um, the first Monday of every month, uh, I think a few a few of us are going to go to Malted Barley Appreciation Society coming up. Um, that's where's that? That's at Mugs Mugs Ale House. Yeah. The first or second Wednesday. That's probably the longest running homebrew club. Yeah. Then there's of course the New York City Homebrewers Guild, which just uh, made a great showing with Homebrew Alley. That that shit was and Burke awesome. Castle right in, in East Burke. Village. Yeah. Yep. yep. And then they just hosted uh, Homebrew Alley, which was a total blast. John uh, just blew it up. <laughs> Uh, got some gold medals and stuff. Just uh, one, just one, just one. <laughs> um, but yeah, there were some great beers. And Tell me, that, we're going to take a short break. We have to take a break. Cool. When we come back. I'm going to get the highlights of the Homebrew Alley. Okay, we'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. Cheers. This one's called "Someone Like You" by Pamela Royal on the Heritage Radio Network. Org.
Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We have a great show. It's our 150th anniversary uh, episode. There we go. Three years. And we're going to celebrate it uh, in, in New York City Beer Week on Wednesday, February 27th. It's going to be our third annual New York City Brewer's Choice that we produce. Dave Broderick from Blind Tiger curated over 25 top brewers from the Northeast. And you guys are coming. I'm inviting the Kings County Brewers Collective. You guys are coming on the house. I might even make you guys make beer on the stage. (laughs) All right. We'll be there. But it it, it really is. It'll be the third year. It's it's, it's the best event of Beer Week. And uh, there's food. It's at City Winery uh, in in the village. And it's, it's a night of, we call it a beer industry night because every brewer is there pouring their best stuff. And it's not your typical beer fest. We've got uh, stemware glasses, and it's a nice night out. We've got oysters. We've got really good food. And uh, you can still buy tickets, NewYorkCityBrewersChoice.com. All right. Um, well, you guys brought some beer. Let's talk about beer. First, I was drinking the Firestone Pale Ale 31. It's on tap all the time here at Roberta's. I love it. It's great. Um, you know, it's got like these citrusy hops. It's like I call it easy IPA. What do you think of it? Josh? It was really fantastic. I've actually never had it before. I don't know how I've missed it up until now, but uh, yeah, no, I really like it. Uh, I don't know if you know the ABV. Do you happen to know? It's like five something. Yeah, it seems very pretty sessionable. If I yeah, um, still good quality uh, hoppiness. Yeah, it's like a bunch of the the West Coast breweries like them and Green Flash introduces a thing called East Village Pilsner. They got these like more easy drinking beers coming out here. Um, I like session beers. Yeah. You well, know? you need them for certain days. On a hashtag beertography, do you ever track the beers that people people uh, send in uh, with their photos? Or it's just all over the place? It's all over the place. Cool. I mean, I've gotten macro beers checked in with beertography, too. So I, I can't, you know, I'll try to coax them towards craft beer, but it's <laughs> it's sort of... You know, it's become a thing of its own at this point. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, there's, there's so many good beers to choose from. And uh, so we're talking about New York City beer scene. Um, one, uh, you know, the great Homebrew Alley has grown so much from 100 submissions to over 800 people submitted beer this year. And you guys were all there. It, the judging just happened mm-hmm. this past weekend at Alewife in Queens. Um, let's, let's do a rundown. John, uh, tell us about Homebrew Alley. Um, you'd like the whole thing? <laughs> it's, it's uh, massive. Yeah, yeah sure. Why massive. Not? Well, uh, the the biggest story at at the beginning of it was the snowstorm that hit on Friday because the judging was supposed to start. I, I wasn't part of the judging or anything, but uh, this was all me just trying to to gear up to be there for the award ceremony. Um, but uh, they ended up having a little bit of trouble getting judges in, and you could probably speak more to this since you were stewarding. But uh, but they ended up waiting to do the ceremony until Sunday night instead of Saturday. So. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a little I mean, crazy. I it was. Think. Uh, I mean, the snowstorm. So eight, eight, over eight hundred was eight hundred brewers or eight hundred beers. Uh, it was. It was right around. It was just under. I think it was seven seventy when all, all seven hundred and seventy beers. Seven hundred and seventy beers, which you know is just under uh, sixteen hundred actual bottles of beer because you have to submit two bottles um, in case your beer is good enough that it goes on to best in show. Um, they need another bottle to pop open, so we had to organize that on Thursday night when the snowstorm was coming. So it was like maybe 10 of us just schlepping all these cases of bottles downstairs and then labeling them. And it, it was just, it was a huge operation. I, I, I've entered Home Rally for the past two years, and I thought this was the year that I should probably help out because I've been making these people work for free, basically. I mean, you pay for your entries, but uh, so it was just a massive undertaking. I had no idea that it was, uh, it was so, so intense. So how many prizes were given? And who won? I mean, you guys, did you all, did everybody walk with prizes? So the, the controversy is, uh, so we were saying John John got a, so there's 23 categories and every, oh, usually every category gets a first, second, and third place unless they deem one category not uh, 
having enough, like, there's not three beers that are worthy of medals. Uh, so there's usually 23 medals plus some extra ones for, like, mead and cider and combinations thereof. The big controversy this year uh, was that a ghost pepper chili mead won best in show. Um, I want to try that right now. <laughs> I, I heard I heard that it was incredible. You mean best in show for the entire event. For the entire thing. And then second place best in show was a cider. And third place best in show was a, an American pale ale that was gluten-free. Uh, wow. So no, no quote unquote beers won best in show in a, in a beer competition. A little controversial, but it they were all incredible. I, I'll tried. say this: there's a new brewery up up in Finger Lakes called Horseheads Brewery, mm-hmm. and the, the the favorite beer that they make that I, that I like is called uh, the the Hal Halaheim. So it's jalapeno and Anaheim peppers, mm-hmm. but it's done right where their nose you can you can smell the green mm-hmm. peppers, and then it's like this just subtle hint. It's not even spiciness, but it, it's just like you know to an effect to replace what hops does, you know. And it's mm-hmm. it was it's it's a good beer. So I and I going back in history, I'm I'm not I'm I'm into beers with ginger and dandelion and other stuff. So uh, I don't think you know not having hops or adding other things to hops isn't isn't bad beer, but I think that people are maybe just starting to figure out. What people used to know, you know. So what we we're saying, what, what, give us that Garrett Oliver quote again because that was uh, pretty awesome. <laughs> craft <laughs> craft beer is not a fad or a trend; it is a return to normalcy. Which yeah, and is, people used to use a lot of other ingredients besides hops. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, going hey. way back. Yeah. All right, well, quick rundown. So, did you win an award, John? Tell us the beer you made and what I, you won. I did. I, I made a Belgian double, and I won in the uh, Belgian uh, Belgian strong ale category, category eighteen. So, home rally, the yes. big New York City homebrew competition. Very excited. Kyler, did you win something? I did. I won a, a gold medal with my Doppelbach that I brought. Nice, uh, for Jason. Us to try. Anything? Of course, you uh, leave me last. I did not <laughs> win anything this time. Uh, <laughs> he won a participation medal. <laughs> I was, I won, yeah, second place. Yeah, no, I you're you're, you're too quiet over there. Well, guess what? We've got a, a call in guest. Um, there's a thing that you've been a big part of, John Kleinchester. Um, it's called Pints for Prostates. You got it. It's kind of scary. We don't want to talk about that stuff because we're all young men. But hey, uh, John, uh, in, your, in your guest is Rick Like. Rick, how are you? Hey, guys, Rick. I'm doing great. How are things up your way? Great. Tell us about Pints for Prostates and how you got involved with that. It's well, kinda, Pints it's for Prostates scary. Is, is an organization that uses the, the universal language of beer to reach guys. Um, and my involvement started um, back in uh, late 2007 when I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Um, I have written about beer for about 30 years, uh, have written for all about beer, some of the brewing news publications, uh, draft, um, a few other magazines, and uh, just decided after I had my surgery that, um, you know, beer and guys go together pretty well, and unfortunately, beer and prost- or prostate cancer and, and guys go together. So we, uh, we, use, uh, we use the universal language of beer to reach men. Nice. All right. And I know, John, you organized an event for Pines for Prostrates recently. Yes. Uh, so where was that, and you know, where does the money go to? Um, basically, I organized an event at Barcade in Jersey City. I live right around the corner from there, so what better place than your local watering hole? Um, Jimmy, we should talk about doing one at your place. Um, <laughs> uh, and basically, uh, Barcade was really generous. They had a, a keg of Founders KBS. They offered up for the event, and that's that's an immediate draw for for beer geeks, as everybody knows. Um, so we did uh, reserved pour, guaranteed reserved pours for five dollars. You can sign up online, uh, minimum five dollars to get a reserved pour, 
and you didn't have to show up right at the beginning of the event. You can come anytime in between the hours, and you would get a guaranteed pour of KBS. That was like the main draw. And then on top of that, uh, we sold these wristbands at the door for a dollar each. That also went to towards the total. Uh, we also sold other merchandise and raffle tickets for uh, this big. Uh, Rick could probably talk more about this. This big uh, Europe trip that they do every year uh, through Pints for Prostates. And then on top of that, Barcade donated a dollar of every beer bought during those hours. And so we ended up uh, with a total of over $1,200. That's great. For a Sunday in uh, September. It was so, awesome. So, hey, Rick, um, so you're doing this around the country? Yeah, and, and you know, the support. I mean, John John coming forward and the folks at Barcade and, and craft brewers, I mean, uh, just, you know, really generous in supporting our efforts. And we do these events uh, like this around the country. We've been from Boston to Seattle uh, doing events in, in, in bars and brew pubs. We also go to a lot of beer festivals. We go to uh, uh, the Great American Beer Festival every year. We go to the, uh, several of the World Beer Festivals, um, uh, some other some other um, events. And we, we also hold our own events. Uh, we, uh, we're the folks behind the Denver Rare Beer Tasting out in, uh, out in Denver uh, during GABF week. So um, we get just a tremendous amount of support from uh, from brewers who are willing to donate special kegs of beer and and show up for our events, which really um, you know draws draws beer fans in. And we use we use that opportunity to talk to them about the fact that prostate cancer is is a hundred percent curable if it's detected early enough. And and most guys just don't know enough about the disease. Uh, I was only forty seven. Um, I always thought that it was a disease that, that uh, impacted men when they were in their 70s. Um, and, you know, the critical thing is if you have early detection, you have a lot of options for treatment, um, and you have good outcomes. So that's that's the message we try to bring as we as we go around and do these events. Rick, that's awesome. I took the test once. I know what it is. You have to stand in. <laughs> Let me say this on there. You have to pee, and they kind of measure how you know, how hard you pee or something. But I know it's, it's – believe me, we're all scared of it. But So what does the money go to? Is it supposed to go into research? Velocity, thank well, you. Well, you know, what we do, um, our, our primary goal is awareness. Um, fundraising is sort of secondary. Um, but money that we raise, um, we put – um, we put back to work at, in some of the awareness things. That the folks who help us, like my, myself and John and, and others, we're, we're all volunteers. Uh, um, so the money that we do make, we put back into awareness. We also support two groups. One is a group called um, the Prostate Conditions Education Council, and they do free testing for clinics, uh, free testing clinics for men around the country. Um, so we help fund some of those. And the other group that we help is a group called the um, the Us Two Prostate Cancer Support and Education Network, and they do uh, counseling for newly diagnosed men and guys who um, have later stages of the disease and are going through different levels of treatment. So um, we try to you know we try to help guys who are facing this disease. That's great, Rick. It's it's really awesome. Stay on the air with us. We're we're going to talk about a couple other things too. Um, we were joking about the Pope. The Pope's got, you know, you got to pick a new Pope in this country or whatever, the Vatican, not in this country. But uh, I was telling that, that, that you guys should do this, and I'm serious about this because I like to do a lot of events. You should do your next series called Pints for Popes. 
And uh, for real, like I, I think you guys can uh, put add a little humor to it because I know it's it's a serious issue and everybody needs to learn about. It. But let's do some pines for popes, uh, and we'll give all the money to pines for postrates. Do it around the the conclave that yeah. they do. <laughs> yeah, for real. Come yeah, on. we could we could have white smoke, smoke go up yeah. whenever there's great beer you know taps or something, right? That's exactly. <laughs> let's have some fun with it, you know. But. Um, <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. So we're talking now. You can listen, and we're talking about this great uh, homebrew, you know, happening in New York City homebrew alley that just happened, and uh, you know, there's no news about this stuff. I mean, there's over eight hundred eight hundred beers submitted for this amazing homebrew event, and uh, I didn't see results posted or anything. I mean, how can I find out who won homebrew alley? I think I think it's on homebrewalley.org. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the link is on that main page there. If you look there, it'll it'll give you the whole list of everybody. Yeah, but we're fine here. Like the, the future, you know, in, in in New York is all you great homebrewers who, who've really learned your craft, and uh, you know you're going to have this awesome Kings County Brewing Collective. I want to be part of that. I want to hang out with <laughs> you, you can guys. Be a, you can be an honorary member. Are you guys going to have education too? We're going to have education. Um, you mean as far as classes and stuff? Yeah, that's that's yeah. one of the goals is to you know educate the the local community and in I probably home brewing specifically, but maybe some style classes. Um, you know that pertains to the. And let's talk about the beers. I mean, just, I just tasted two really great beers. So the first one was a little lighter. What was that? That was my uh, Kolsch. That's uh, a my take on the German style Kolsch. That was fantastic, by the way. Yeah. Thanks. Um, yeah, it's super refreshing. Uh, easy to drink. Um, yeah, it's a it's a fun beer to brew. What was really. the second beer? It was a little richer. Yeah, that uh, I shouldn't have opened that just yet, but that was my barley wine. Um, Jump the gun. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't have anything light here. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's it's been aging about a year. Uh, we, uh, me and my buddy Jeff, brew uh, a barley wine once a year every year to commemorate like starting home brewing, like you know, almost like a, a New Year's thing. Uh, so this is this is number five actually we out of the, all of the uh, anniversary beers but it's been aging almost a year now so it's a little oxidized but i think it's it's pretty it's nice it's a nice beer super super malty and jason yeah. was just about to pour some beer i think he's got some yeah, I got a, he brought oh, some stuff i got a wee heavy that we can uh a scottish that's probably jason that sounds, that sounds good. good yeah we'll start go go big or go home right and then rick i just <laughs> want to say that i know what you're doing so important and actually i feel a little uncomfortable talking about pines for prostates and, and i'm scared of it myself but like I said, let's do an event called Pines for Popes and have some fun with it because I know, I know that you're doing the right thing. And, um, you know, down the road, we drink a lot of beer. You know, we're all going to... And you know, Joe Torrey, th- listen, this is serious stuff, and I, and I, and I, and I want to make it serious. And I know you're doing something really important. And, uh, you know, we here in New York, Joe Torrey a few years ago uh, dealt, dealt with prostate cancer. And, uh, you know, he advocated for green tea. But I know it's it's something really tough for people, so... I'm um, really proud of you and that, that you've created this campaign. And I, and I know from John, uh, a bunch of us are going to host uh, Pines for Prostates events coming up in New York City. I, I got a feeling that it's going to be the new thing. So uh, thanks so much, Rick. Thanks for coming on, okay? All right. Anyways, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. It's too heavy for me. <laughs> This one's called DD by Pamela Royal on the Heritage Radio Network.com. org. info? Heritage Radio Network.org.
Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio and the Heritage Radio Network. You know, you should all check out HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You should become a member. There's some really cool shows. Hey, uh, Cooking Issues with Dave Arnold. You want to learn about everything you can do in the kitchen and more. Um, there's cheese shows, farm shows, Farm Report with Aaron Fairbanks. I really love this network. We have uh, listeners from England to Michigan to Florida to California. And I think most people actually listen to one or two or three or four four shows and we're really proud to be here and heritage radio network all right we got a great show tonight we're talking with the hip guys from the king's county brewers collective guys let's pump it up come on so who, who else is in the collective i mean this is what it should be you guys are gonna put in some money and 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 uh so what size system are you guys gonna gonna start with you must have some plans right uh Actually, we're, we're, we're still uh, keeping it pretty small uh, because we want to be able to be adaptive and kind of be able to uh, function with multiple brewers doing a lot of different things. Um, so the idea right now is looking at a three-and-a-half-barrel to seven-barrel system. So we're still playing around looking at you know what exactly would work, what exactly you know we can find in Brooklyn in terms of space, um, and what can work in terms of that, you know, that actual location. Um, but we want to be able to have a lot of different brewers or, you know, five different brewers be able to brew and, you know, be a, you know, a constant rotation of things. Um, get a lot of different, a lot of different beer styles, a lot of different yeah, takes, exactly. takes on beers and hopefully some experimental stuff. We, we definitely plan to, to do a few collaborations with all of the brands combined into one, all five brewers. Um, but to answer your question, who else is in the the collective? I guess we're the most we're quintessentially the most public so far because a few a few of the members work at breweries currently, so they're not they don't want to release let's, their let's names. Let's say your names again on the air. Come on. So I'm my name's Kyler Surface, uh, yeah. and I'm Jason Sailor. We're also the best looking. Yeah, that's actually that's why they put so. us on radio. They were like, "You're the best looking one, so you should show up to radio this radio show." So. And there was another gentleman, uh, Ryan McMahon. Yeah, Ryan yep. McMahon was gonna be here, but unfortunately, he has a real job. He has a real job that unfortunately took precedent. Um, and then we have another guy, Tony Bellis, uh, who is out of the country right now in India. And then we have a fifth brewer um, who is currently. Um, remaining anonymous ghost member ghost member but that reminds me i definitely wanted to give a shout out to uh to the dudes at Berreria, we just uh Berreria. Berreria. they gave us uh they said they were going to be listening today so we didn't want to uh make them look like fools but they gave us uh they're running as you probably know or may or may not know uh they have a super tiny three and a half barrel system on a rooftop uh in manhattan and uh they have about 600 square feet to get their pump their brews out and they do all cascales and it was uh it was just fantastic they let us like kind of tag along for a brew day um you know see how they run things uh you know they have to take some take some shortcuts because of their space uh but it was a blast and there john have you been up to birria yes i have birria it's kind of a beautiful it's like kind of like this perfect little mini brewery oh yeah it's It's amazing it was pretty sweet the views are amazing the beer is really good and uh yeah it's pretty much the best we had a really uh really Special, spectacular beer that they uh, <laughs> they they got the yeast. I think it was spearheaded by Sam from Dogfish Head. It was uh, the yeast was uh, cultivated, I guess, from yeah. the belly of a hornet or something. Belly of a wasp. Sounds like Sam. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was it was crazy. Um, but it was all the beers are delicious. It was just a blast to uh, be a part of. That was uh, uh, Pete and Ben. Pete and Ben. Wow. Bedania. 
No, this this scene's so cool. So you think that the system they have at Birria, the three and a half barrel system, I mean that that makes a lot of beer. I mean, how how many kegs a week can you make from that? It's three and a half barrels. That's like seven kegs at a time. Seven mm-hmm. kegs at a time. And they're usually they're usually double batching uh, to fill up because they have two seven barrel fermenters. Um, so they're getting. Uh, so how, how many kegs a week could they put out there? Probably about fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because they're they, well, per no, week. no 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 twenty eight. Mm-hmm. I guess would be that's yeah, that's they, a they lot of beer. You know, that's what we're talking about before. It's like the Brews Association. I mean, mm-hmm. with the brew pubs and, and nano breweries and microbreweries. I mean, you don't need to make that much beer to have a nice little brewery. Yeah, and that's—I think—that's the big shift in America, and and, mm-hmm. and I love seeing that happen in New York. Yeah. Definitely, it's pretty awesome. I think the big—the uh, thing with going with a nano is usually that um, I think the tasting room is is super important. Which essentially, their restaurant is the tasting room. You know, they're pushing all of their their beers. That, well, they do all cask ale, so they're doing them in Firkins, but they're basically they don't distribute any of their beer so they're pushing it all through the restaurant and that's just you know you know whatever people say about new york one thing about new york state they have some really great uh licenses for brewing this and the secret license is called restaurant brewery license Hmm. i know that that's what birria has five way gastro brewery has it Mm -hmm. and beer craft is going to do the same and it allows you to make beer for sale on premise and um you know that's that's kind of the future. If you really like making, it's like making soup or something else. We've got a call on guest. I wanted to give an intro. Um, you know, we had Hurricane Sandy in New York. We have we have prostate cancer. We've got Hurricane Sandy. There's always bad things going on, but we know what we're going to have a lot of fun drinking beer. But one of the highlights of Hurricane Sandy was this great beer that Omegang Brewery made mm. in collaboration with Barrier called uh, Omegang Barrier Relief. Mm. And uh, we just got a call in here. Um, there's another really great beer coming out in New Jersey uh, from Flying Fish. And uh, is, is there someone from Flying Fish on the phone right now? Yeah, this is Gene from Flying Fish. How you doing, guys? Hey, Gene. How are you? You know John Kleinchester from Beertography? Hey, Gene. I do not. Yeah, he's kind of a Jersey guy. <laughs> but tell us about what you... Believe what it or not, not everybody in Jersey knows each other. <laughs> it's a small state, but not that small. I don't believe that. <laughs> well, l- l- tell us about your... You have a special beer that's going to raise money for Sandy... Why don't you tell us about it, Gene? Yeah, well, after the storm, I mean, we were fortunate. We're in a new brewery we just uh, moved into in September, and we kind of got through pretty unscathed. We're down more in the southern area, but uh, a lot of friends and a lot of customers and a lot of people we know got uh, slammed pretty hard. So we wanted to do something, and, um, you know, we just got the new brewery commissioned, and we thought, okay, well, let's do what we do best and make a beer. So what we did was uh, brew a special beer and then uh, charged, uh, we came up with 86 kegs, and we charged $500 a keg uh, to raise as much money as possible. So that'll generate 43000 that we're going to give every penny to. We're, not, we're donating everything, and we'll be uh, donating that to some uh, Jersey-based uh, uh, charities for the rebuilding effort. And... Uh, Beer just started shipping. It's going to be getting tapped this week. Most of the tappings will be this Saturday, and uh, the uh, yeah, and uh, the website flyingfish.com has a list of kind of sorta accurate of who's got it and when they're going to be tapping it. Wow, I'm looking at the list right now. I mean, you're covering like entire Jersey. So Somerdale, uh, where are, where is Somerdale, New Jersey? Somerdale is in uh, Camden County. We're uh, a couple miles from like Cherry Hill, which is where the old brewery was. Are you guys? Are you the largest brewery in New Jersey? 
Yeah, we're still pretty small. I mean, last year we did 15,000 barrels about. and uh, But, yeah, we're of the 25 in the state. We're uh, by far the largest at this point. Well, um, I, I would love to taste this beer. So you've got some great things going on. So uh, let's think about near New York City. Uh, where can I get your beer? I'm looking at the we Jersey City. We are not in New York. Jersey we're City? Jersey-centric. Uh, we distribute within 100 miles. So we're... New Jersey, Eastern PA, Delaware, and Maryland, but we are not in New York yet. Gene, I think you, uh, if I, I think I saw the list, uh, you're going to be at Barcade, Jersey City, no? Yes. Yes, so Jimmy, that's that's a quick trip on the path. Easy. And uh, you can crash on my couch if you want. <laughs> and we're also um, Hoboken, I think, uh, Texas, Arizona. I don't have the web up at the moment, but there's there's a good a good selection throughout the state. Well, it's really awesome. I mean, you know, I mean... Tell us some of your your feelings about Hurricane Sandy. I mean, you know, you guys made this great project. So, you know, tell us to talk about it. Come on. <laughs> uh, well, we like I said, we got through pretty unscathed, but there are people who've had houses in their families for generations and never had an issue and wound up with two feet of water and... You know, there's just, I mean, everybody's seen the pictures, the devastation. So, uh, like I said, we're we're pretty Jersey-centric, and, uh, you know, we do the whole exit series of beers based on the turnpike. So, uh, you know, we wanted to do whatever we could do to help. So, uh, like I said, we do what we do best, and that's uh, Bruce Gene, beer. I, I go down to K-Main, um, New Jersey a lot. Uh, exit Zero. Have you made an Exit Zero beer yet? That's the uh, Parkway. Uh, we're the turnpike. We did exit one. It's we did Wooster Stout with Wooster <laughs> in Delaware Bay. Uh, exit sixteen, which everybody said was that a Jimmy Hoffa beer, but uh, we uh, worked with the Hackensack River Keepers and we used uh, well wild rice, not grown there, but originally there was wild rice there. So we did a wild rice double IPA, which was really fun. And, uh, and where uh, else do you guys? Where else do you sell besides New Jersey? Pardon me. Where else do you get, Where else do you sell besides New Jersey? Uh, Eastern Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland. I've heard about and you guys we're for a long time. Pretty much within hundred miles of the brewery. Um, once we get this new facility up and running, we will uh, probably expand a little bit. But we really want to. You know, the whole the whole new brewery is based on sustainability, and you know, beer's heavy, and it costs a lot of of money and fuel to. Uh, ship it and you're putting out a lot of co2 so you know when i travel the best thing is to try find what's local what's fresh so we really want to kind of you know stay with that and and uh you know kind of keep keep the beer as local as we can hey this is uh jason here i just was wondering what do you do in terms of sustainability for the brewery um i've just been always been interested in that well we've we've done a bunch of stuff we have a building that was built in the late 60s it was originally a pressing plant for motown records and then it became a couple other things. It's a little tired, but uh, for starters, from the top down, we have the, the whole roof is filled with solar panels. Nice. We also have uh, solar light tubes, which are collect sunlight and beam them yeah. into the brewery, so it's passive lighting. Um, we have rain gardens to collect the stormwater so that it's not rushing off into, we have a stream down behind us that eventually makes its way into the Delaware River. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of energy efficient lighting for our new tasting room. New, the great thing is New Jersey just got a law passed, or the brewers did, that will allow us to do things similar that you can do in New York and Pennsylvania and Delaware. And that's, you come in, take a tour, we can sell you a pint of beer, you can buy beer to go. So, uh, 
our tasting room is going to use. We have a big old water tower outside that we took down. We're going to reclaim that wood, nice. use that for the bar. Um, basically, wherever we can, you know, reuse or, or adapt, uh, that's what we're designing around. Hey, Gene, would you guys do a big pint for prost- prostates event at your brewery in <laughs> Flying Fish? For real. Once we get the tasting room open, we can talk. Right now, we're living in a construction site. We're trying to run the brewery <laughs> and run a construction site, and it's like every day you come in and there's dust everywhere. So we're hoping by... Uh, For real, when, when we'll you're ready, a bunch of us will come down, because uh, we've been talking about that tonight, and uh, we'd love to come down and check out your brewery. And uh, Yeah, like I yeah. said, uh, we're hopeful that... Uh, you know, May June time frame, we will be uh, up and running with uh, the tasting room, and most importantly, the draft system and all that good stuff. Gene, what was the name of the beer again for the uh, the Sandy relief? It is uh, Forever Unloved Sandy, and uh, some people abbreviate it to Fu Sandy. <laughs> some people, awesome. That's great. And Gene, uh, outside of Flying Fish, what's your favorite beer that you like? That's a tough question. Um, generally, I like what's local. I mean. Uh, you know, if, if I'm out in Oregon, I'm a big fan of Deschutes or uh, you know uh, Colorado. I mean, I always like, I always look for Odell's uh, wherever I travel. I just you know, and there, there's so many breweries out there now. There's you know, I'm and I've been in the industry for 20 years, and I'm still I go into the store. And I'm like I've never heard of some of these guys. So it's uh, you know it's a never ending quest, which is which is makes it fun. We'll put you on the spot. What's your favorite East Coast beer? <laughs> Favorite East Coast beer besides yours? I mean, you know, the Philly beer scene is is pretty tight. We're all pretty friendly, <laughs> so I'll drink, uh, you know, Victory or Yards or you know, uh, some of the Dogfish. Just whatever, you know. Uh, I, I like it all. You know, mm-hmm. all right. so like a true diplomat. Gene, you're good. And guess what? We're going to get you up here in Brooklyn one one day soon. Right. And let's just go through the lines. John Clanchester, John, what was your favorite beer from the weekend? From the weekend? Come Any on, man. of the beers I had at Homebrew Alley. They were all amazing. Pick one. Uh, I don't know. Kyler's. Homebrew Alley. <laughs> Jason, favorite beer from the weekend? Uh, I had uh, Victory Headwaters. That was uh, it was pretty good. I like that beer. Yeah. And Kyler? I had uh, Oscar Norlander's uh, Frambois. He had a, a sour, like... Uh, I guess it's raspberry, sour raspberry lambic or something. It was, it was incredible. Yeah. And I was drinking some weird French beers, the Britannia <laughs> Celtica, a, a Belgian strong ale imported by the Shelton Brothers. We had, a, we had a, like a French and Quebec beer weekend. Nice. Isn't that crazy? Nice. Life is crazy. There you go. All right. Hey, guys, let's give a shout-out. And, Gene, thanks so much for joining us because we're going to hang out with Flying Fish. I like your beers. Um, oh. All right. And for your folks, your listeners, uh, you know, like I said, if you want to look up the Sandy, just kind of keep stay tuned to our website. We keep updating as bars will uh, tell us when they're going to tap it. But it's flyingfish.com. All right. And uh, thanks again. We're hosting the New York City Brewers Choice uh, on February 26th, 27th, the featured event of New York City Beer Week. Go to goodbrewseal.com for more info. And also, if you'd like to read uh, about beer and uh, by Beer Books, we've had a lot of authors and great books featured on Beer Sessions Radio over the last three years. Now you can find a comprehensive list of authors and their books, plus links to purchase them at also at goodbrewseal.com. Okay, I'd like to thank our sponsors at greatbrewers.com who have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Beer Sessions Radio is supported by the Good Beer Seal. Thanks to John, Jason, Kyler, and uh, Rick for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Jack Ensley, Brie O'Connor, and our engineer, Joe Galarraga. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. Woo! All right. Woo!
Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.